thank you so much for listening to the inaugural episode of Bonsai Wire. Uh, we're just trying to figure all this out. We got uh, we took about an hour to get our technology figured out, but I think we're all here. Yeah, we're so let's jump right here. in. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, great. And uh, that was John Eads. Was one oh, of okay. So let guys. me uh, let um, me just break in there. <laughs> uh, we're going to do this in the public forum. Um, if you've ever met me, you know that I'm I have British ancestry. British. Yeah, British ancestry. And you can tell by my teeth uh, that I have too many teeth for my mouth. Uh, so it's very obvious that I'm British. Uh, so my last name comes from like English. It doesn't come from other languages. And so my name is said like a bead uh, without the B. Uh, so it's Eads. John Eads. Yeah. I didn't know that, John. <laughs> so, uh, oh, dear. I might as well correct you in a public forum. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Uh, yeah, so, you, right. You haven't for the last year and a half, but now you are. Right, exactly. That's, that's probably, probably good. Yeah, so it's just like uh, feeds or beads without the F and the B. Wonderful. Great. Great. John has a brilliant radio voice. He does. <laughs> he does. And you will hear it shortly uh, with our sponsorship. That, though, is Andrew Robson. I hope I'm saying your name right. Yes. I, okay. I, I'll, I'll correct you afterwards. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm Michael Hagedorn, and we haven't heard from Jonas yet. Hello, I am Jonas Dupuy. All right. Yeah. Where does Dupuy come from? So we used to have a whole bunch of guesses, but very recently we've started suspecting that the name actually is French, uh, just maybe not pronounced properly. Apparently, there are regions of France where it's not uncommon for there to be something like an ICH in a French word, and it actually means of or from the hills, apparently. So apparently, I may come from French hill people. Oh, you're, you're a French hobbit. Exactly. The family came from France in the 1890s to America, so we know we were in France at the time. Now living on a flat island. Yeah, all right. You're, and you're it was my, I think home. my great great grandfather Tintin Dupuy was a cobbler, and they called him Tintin because they all heard him hammering on shoes around the neighborhood <laughs> where they were building the Eiffel Tower at the time. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Good heavens! My last name Hagedorn uh, means Hawthorne, um, which uh, when I was uh, about thirteen uh, lived in Europe for a year, and in Germany we were running around looking at different churches and looking for the. Um, a coat of arms to find our, our family crest. We actually found it, which we thought was hilarious. What was on it was um, there was a beehive as part of one of the, the little fields. You know, it's broken into four fields. And one of them was a beehive, which we thought was hysterical because my father um, supported himself through college with 25 hives selling the, the honey from hives. <laughs> and, then, and then there was a, a very small tree, <laughs> which... Um, a poet friend of mine, when I told him that story, kind of looked at me and said, boy, there, there really is no free will, is there? <laughs> <laughs> and so from that 13-year-old adventure, how far was that from when you first took note of small trees and pots that we think of as bonsai? Oh, wow. It was about two years later, um, coming back to the U.S., and my parents had a, had a book in their library. It was a sunset book. Uh, Probably many, many of you remember the uh, the Sunset Bonsai book, and that was that was the start of a, a wide new world. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, J Jonas. I don't think I've ever asked you about your beginning. I mean, I do know you that you were part of Boone's group, and and that's how we met. But what was what what was the trigger for you? It was a very specific moment. Um, 
I was working for the family business, a retail nursery in Alameda, and I was hanging out in the back pruning some Japanese maples because I'd long taken an interest in trees and pruning and taken pruning classes in school. And a stranger walked up to me, pointed and said, cut it here, cut it there. And I was thinking to myself, who are you? And I did, but being- I know who that is. Yeah, and so <laughs> I did what he said. It looked great and I looked up and he smiled and said, hi, I'm Boone. <laughs> wow. uh, and, and that was now, in Alameda, right? Yeah, and so this is long before Boone went to Japan and he was uh, really into bonsai at the time and a local tree pruner. And so not too long after that, he noticed there was a bonsai, a black pine at the nursery. None of us knew the first thing about bonsai. There was actually one tree in the garden when I grew up that no one ever worked on, but I always knew what bonsai was. And Boone pointed at the pine and said, oh, do you mind if I uh, style that tree? We're like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, wire it, clean it up. And we're like, no, we don't know what you mean, but go for it. <laughs> and then he took the tree home. A week later, he brought it back. And to this oh, really? day, I remember precisely what that tree looked like. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know that I like that particular tree, but there's something interesting here. And that was actually the moment that bonsai kind of bit me. Oh, that's mm. amazing. Wow. Yeah, some of those early memories, it's almost as acute as smell, you know, and how, yep. how, how intense the, uh, the visual memory is. It's really interesting. Michael, you spent some time studying with Boone, right? I did. Um, yeah, and uh, actually Jonas and I, where we met, I believe, was It's in why we're Boone's, here today. That's right, <laughs> if it wasn't for Boone. In Boone's very first intensive class, there were two people there, and it was you and me <laughs> um, at his old house in Alameda. Yeah, I haven't even been to the new house. He's been there for a while. Oh, I missed the, the, the one in between. <laughs> and then he oh, moved wow. out into the country. I, I never went to that other one. He, he was there for That was years. an amazing garden. Yeah, yeah, it sounded like it. Yeah. And then Andrew, you, what was your, you, did you, uh, did your dad get into it first and then you were part of the study group? No, no, we were, we were, um, we were at a Japanese festival at the Missouri Botanical Garden and we stumbled across a bonsai exhibit with huh. the local club. And uh, my dad grew up doing lots of horticultural things. He, he did orchids and I grew up with 200 orchids in the house. Uh, he was big into gardening. So some of my earliest memories of plants were playing under Japanese maples at, at, a, at a nursery in St. Louis. Um, but, but we stumbled across bonsai at a, a Japanese festival and uh, it was kind of the one horticultural um, endeavor that really kind of captured me. And so we, he bought me a bonsai tree and he said, the rule is if I'm going to buy you this tree, you have to go to the club meetings for an entire year to learn how to take care of it. And I was in <laughs> middle school at the time. Um, so I signed up. I was the youngest member and like a, um, like a young kid walking into a bonsai club of older people, <laughs> I was kind of flocked by the vultures of, <laughs> of, 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 of the, uh, <laughs> the elders who were looking to share their, um, their knowledge to someone young and, and someone new. And, uh, and it was a few years later that I met you in the, the study group in St. Louis. Wow. Hmm. Oh, wow. And John, what, um, what, uh, what burned pizza, uh, was the, um, the epiphany moment that you had to do bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the latest to the game here. I, I just came into the world a few years ago. Although I have to say that my growing up had a lot to do with it. I grew up in a prairie in the middle of West Texas, 
And I think the first time I saw a tree was, I was in my 20s and just was blown away by trees, you know, just, just forests. <laughs> There's not a lot of trees out there. <laughs> no, there are not a lot of trees out there. Uh, but bonsai, I think, was, we were members of the Japanese Garden. And I think the local club, BSOP, was having uh, their little festival there. And Lee Cheadle was there doing, I think he was working on a little shimpaku. It was probably four inches tall. It might have been two years old. And he was yeah. wiring it up and bending it. And Lee is infectious. Yeah, he, yeah. He, man, he just drug me in. <laughs> I just couldn't stop staring at him. It was like a, you know, like a trash fire or a car wreck. You know, I just, <laughs> the family went on and did their thing, and I just stood, stood there and stared at him. <laughs> and then, yeah, oh, kind man. of the same thing. Going to the meeting, wide-eyed, three hundred people, and yeah, it did not take me long to fall off that cliff. Wow. Wow. Have you hit bottom yet? Uh, <laughs> working on it. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> and at what point did you start working in the, at the garden here? Yeah. So at some that. point, I guess it was at the rendezvous that the, that BSOP did. Yeah. I, I had met Andrew at a couple of, uh, like he came to a couple of the Sunday classes that BSOP put on and I had met him there. I think, I think I brought this little trident clump and he said, he pulled me aside and said something like, of all the trees I've seen ever brought into this club, this is the only one that I would, that I would take <laughs> home, like this little clump. And, and it's still like my best tree, I think. But, oh my gosh. Uh, wow. So I started doing that. And then I think I signed up for a class at the rendezvous that Michael was doing with, uh, uh, Oh, oh yeah, that, him, that was a workshop. Right. Right. And and yep. we should we, we should mention that three of us are are from and are recording from Portland, Oregon. And, That's uh, right. Jonas is down in California. Um, BSOP that we've been talking about. That's our our local uh, bonsai society here. Yeah, great. Yeah, and bonsai and society of Portland. Andrew. So uh, it was. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, it was after that uh, workshop that I just started trying to find a way to plug in. And I, I asked Lee to tell me, like, anybody that would let me come over and weed and water and learn. And no one ever took me up on it. So then I, I think I came to visit the garden here and pinned them down and forced them to let me. He, he bribed us with pizza, I remember. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, oh right. I remember that. Yeah. That was it, was a, it was an easy bribe. <laughs> Oh, do tell. I got to take notes. Exactly. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, John used to have a very successful pizza food cart here in Portland. And, wood uh, fired pizza. Wood fired pizza. It's delicious. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We were sad when you, when you sold that business. <laughs> we weren't going there anymore. Maybe two of us were sad. As, right. As, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, uh, I apologize. Yes. There's yeah. nostalgia, but I'm not sad. <laughs> He still knows how to make pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, Jonas, your your background. Uh, remember, was, uh, you did some IT work. Is that right? Uh, product remember, management. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, mm -hmm. helping mm -hmm. teams figure out what products to yeah. build uh, in the area of academic publishing. And that's when I actually right. interviewed um, two members of your family over the course of a number of years doing oh, that work. Gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the the librarian uh, knowledge you're yeah. tapping. I have two librarians in my family. 
Yeah. So that was right, really great. I yeah. That. I remember I bumped into you at Boone's right just days, I think, before I started my first job in academic publishing. And you said, oh, yeah, you should talk to my sister. And little did I know that your sister was running one of the most important repositories in the world at the time. Huh. Huh. That, that was the archive up at uh, Michigan. Yeah. 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 It was interesting. She was part of a something called Oyster. Um, yeah, that's right. An acronym. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. Well, we probably don't have to get into that, but that, that's deep in a, a different hole. <laughs> so Jonas, how'd you, how'd you go from publishing world to bonsai world? Well, that's, uh, I guess the better question would be, how did I get into <laughs> publishing? Cause I'd already been doing bonsai work before that. And so mm, I'd uh, been doing a number of different jobs over the years and I got to work with and for Boone over the years and was always thinking about, do I want to do this full time? Or if I did do it full time, what would I want that to look like? One thing I learned from being friends with so many people doing bonsai for a living is that they're all snowflakes. And I don't mean their personalities, though that's also true. But that we assumed that, well, when you go to Japan, you come back and you do X. And I knew Kathy Shaneran was in, so right, not long after I met Boone, I met Kathy and I started hanging out at some of her classes that she taught locally. And so I saw Kathy's experience and then I saw Boone's experience and then Michael's experience. And as more people went to Japan and came back, I realized they were all totally different. And I think that's continuing to this day. And so over the years, mm -hmm. I was thinking about what might make sense mm -hmm. for me. And what's funny is when I actually started the business is I was sitting around the house one summer six years ago, seven years ago now. And uh, it was about two weeks before the Taikon 10 exhibit in Japan. And I thought, oh, I wonder how much it costs to get a plane ticket to Japan, you know, with, with seven or eight days notice. And so mm -hmm. I went online, found a ticket for $652 round trip. And I just bought it without even thinking. And I thought to myself, oh, guess I just started the business. <laughs> and so it was, it was that thought uh, out. Yeah. That, that's kind of all there was to it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And that was six years ago now. That's great. Wonderful. Wasn't there some sort of a remodel that was happening at the same time that something else was going on? You wrote about this on your blog uh, not too long ago. That was a different phase of the business, I think. Yeah, that was just what a was few that? years ago. And that was a, yeah. a very busy day. On the day I signed a contract with a publisher to write the book, I pulled a permit to rebuild my workshop. Oh, that was it. Right, right. And that was on top of a job that had prevented me from really taking any time off for several years in a row. So that's when I learned that if you sleep less, you can get more done in a day. Boy, that's, uh, that's like Winston Churchill. Didn't he say if you get a really long nap in, you can have pretty much two days of work? Yeah, there you go. Something like that, <laughs> which is not me at all. Oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, building projects <laughs> concurrent with a bonsai business. Hey, I'm going to cut in here real quick. I think we need to take a little break to hear from one of our sponsors. Be right back. Are you tired of your antique Chinese bonsai pot looking drab and dull on the shelf? Have you ever lost a competition because your pot had lost its luster? Are you embarrassed to have your friends over because your pot collection has fallen into disrepair? Patina Buster is a new environmentally friendly solvent that removes hundreds of years of grime and build up in no time. Just brush it on, wait five minutes, and use a wire brush and power washer to remove. Simple as that. Works better than scrubbing powder, steel wool, and sandblasting. With a single day work, you could restore your entire collection back to the bright and shiny jewel that the potter originally created. 
Find us now at www.bonsaiwirepodcast.com slash patina buster. Okay, so I think we're back here. Um, I think that Jonas was asking about or, or mentioned something about building projects to Michael. I think it was uh, yes. probably referring to the tiny house or something. What, what do you think? Right, right. A few years ago, um, uh, while Andrew was an apprentice here, um, we had a big project where we built a tiny home, which was intended to house me. And then Andrew and, and uh, future apprentices could then live in the studio residence. And that did end up being what happened. Um, um, but we, were, we all seem to be building things. Andrew's building a house right now as well. Um, um, and to house his business. Um, Rakyu, do you want to pronounce that for us? Andrew? Yeah, Rakuyo. Rakuyo, Rakuyo. is the, the Japanese word for deciduous. It's not what they use in, in the bonsai world. They use zoki just as kind of you know everything that's not a pine or juniper. Uh, but Rakuyo is, hmm. is the t- traditional word for deciduous. It, it means falling leaf. Uh, and I chose that name for my business because it, uh, yeah. I, I love deciduous trees. I love deciduous material. And, and that's kind of where I where I wanted to focus my business. Um, and I wanted to stay close after my apprenticeship. I, I really love the community here in Portland. I love staying close and working with uh, you, Michael. And so mm-hmm. it, it was yeah. uh, kind of fun to find a property that was really close by, just a mile away from, from you. Incredibly close. I could walk there in yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, super. it's a super close place. Um, and it'll be great for, for people yeah. in the future just to, you know, swing by both places when they're when they're in this this neck of the woods um mm-hmm. but yeah I'm, I'm building a a, a deciduous uh, focused garden with my family um hmm. and uh that, yeah. that'll be a fun project we're about halfway through the the, the building of a house and then this this fall i'll also start building a garden so it's it's a, a lot of fun neat yeah that's yeah, been exciting to see uh, uh rise out of the ground yeah yeah. yeah, and then and then John uh, has a totally different uh, tack uh, for uh, the follow uh, following uh, his apprenticeship. Yeah, I um, I've got some friends that bought forty acres just about half an hour west of Portland, and we're just in the conversation right now for when the apprenticeship ends in a year to start growing trees. So, kind of standing on some on some shoulders of some giants that have grown trees before me and trying to learn everything I can to, to get some trees grown in the ground. So doing rough stock, a lot of stuff from cuttings and seeds. So yeah, kind of looking forward to that. going to get the greenhouse in hopefully by this winter. Um, I'm going to share space with, mm-hmm. the, with the person that's building the, they're going to build a five acre farm and then we're going to use a couple of acres for trees. So kind of working on, collaboration spaces and greenhouses and such. Yeah. And Jonas dabbles in growing too, right? I, I've heard you grow black pines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Among yeah, other things. I just, I just, wherever I turn, there's another seedling popping up. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> and you I'm just not really put them sure. in the pots, right? right. It's, they they kind of pot themselves at this point. I'm not sure how it all happens. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, uh, you know, before COVID, Jonas, how, how would you say you spent most of your time? Like, you know, how, what are you dedicating your energy to? Mostly just, I think sitting it looks up, different. just, you know, sitting up on that hill with the bonsai monks. We'll tell you more about that when you graduate your apprentice. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's where the bulk of the time goes. But when I'm not up in the cave with the monks, then it's pretty much 
teaching classes, writing blog posts, growing trees, doing some client work, and then traveling around to teach classes, do workshops, work with a handful of clients. Mm. So it's Mm. really a mix of a lot of things. Oh, yeah. And then there's an online store and wholesaling soil around the country. So a little mix of this and that and this and that. Yeah. Really, really diverse uh, business you have. Yeah. It's really inspiring. I'd, I'd say it's more of a warning, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad it's going to be inspiring. <laughs> and then, Michael, how does your day usually break down or week? Um, like, how do you dedicate your time? Um, yeah, I usually start the day with some writing. Um, uh, when I get up, I, I'm kind of an early riser and an early to bed. And I, I can't seem to do much at all in the evenings uh, that's of any use to anybody. But uh, but I start the day with writing and and uh, sort of do the administrative work of the, the, the business in the morning. And then I come in in the afternoon uh, right after lunch uh, to work with trees and talk with John and uh, admonish John. And uh, <laughs> get out the bamboo whip. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. These days it's a much longer stick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you just came out with a book. Uh, yeah. yeah, Bonsai Heresy, right. That was a, a long, long time in, in writing and uh, had a great time working with uh, several people. Sergio Kwan uh, was this uh, really amazingly talented, hilarious uh, graphic artist um, who I've never actually met. One of these days, I want to meet you, Sergio. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he lives on the other side of the country. Um, and uh, we had a great time. Also, uh, Wayne Shea of, uh, of Stone Lantern um, supported that project. And uh, that's the place where you can find it. Uh, uh, so have the, have the Bonsai Heretics come at you with the pitchforks yet? I haven't. I've been a little worried because i assume they're organizing <laughs> because yeah i haven't even they might just be in quarantine single but i'm sure once once there's a vaccine <laughs> <they'll come after laughs> possible possible and jonas you just wrote a book too but he came out at almost a, well just a few months before mine did yeah just a little bit before yeah. that yeah little book of bonsai yeah and it's still small and it's <laughs> it hasn't grown <laughs> No, I mean, there's, there's lots of them, but they're, they are all still small. So that's good. <laughs> uh, that was a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm also working on whatever will come next. But as uh, yeah. that just involves giving up more sleep to do more book projects. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they're fun. I'm, I'm working on a series of essays that'll be a book uh, with the working title of Yanking on Needles. Awesome. <laughs> Which uh, sort of a Western... Uh, uh, our, our set of Western problems. <laughs> Which, <laughs> oh, we have many. Uh, yeah, we, we, as I'm discovering, as I'm writing. We have more so more. Western problems might be the perfect segue to talk about kind of the scope of what we're looking to do going forward on the podcast, yes. which is right. talk to people who interest all of us, uh, have roundtable discussions among the four of us, give or take whoever happens to be in the area, and try to engage whatever topics we find interesting along the way. And we're hoping to do this at a rate of ideally a couple of these a month, give or take, depending on um, mm-hmm. our schedules and what's coming to mind. Yeah. Yeah. And when somebody like Jonas is off in another country, we're going to, we're going to try and uh, interview you, Jonas, <laughs> <I can't laughs> whoever is traveling, whoever is somewhere else. Uh, oh, that sounds perfect. 
Yeah. So we will have topics where we talk amongst the four of us, and then, uh, and then others maybe in a 50-50 proportion where we're interviewing other people. And our, our first interview will be with Colin Lewis. Um, next week, we're going to grab him on the phone. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I look forward to that. You know, we have the consistency of uh, working together in the art of bonsai, but but there's but we're different enough. Hopefully, there will be some really interesting conversations that come out and yes, interests that get peaked and that sort of thing. Yes, and hopefully, our voices are different enough that you can distinguish all of us. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> there's there's there software for that. We can. <laughs> we can modify that. Right, right. So our next uh, podcast uh, will be about curating a collection. And we have several ideas about what we mean by that. Uh, uh, and tell a friend and join us for the next episode. Cheers. So thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Bonsai Wire. You can find more information at www.bonsaiwirepodcast.com. Thank you so much. See you soon. The music on today's podcast was brought to you by the fine folks at Blue Dot Sessions. Check them out at www.sessions.blue. We won't need to say the W's. I'll probably set it up so there's no W's, but it'll still resolve Mm. back to the base mm. domain no you have to say the w's that, oh. that like gives emphasis <laughs> <laughs>